Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Good morning, praise the Lord, insurgents, and welcome to another Insurgents podcast. This is Denzel. Before we get into what we've been doing, we've been looking at every reference to the kingdom of God, kingdom of the heavens, and Frankie V and I are together today going through the book of Matthew. But before we get into that, insurgents, I said this quote from Denzel before. I just want to say it again since it's raining here where we're located. You know, if you pray for rain, you got to expect to have to deal with the mud, too. So we're going to deal with the mud. We're going to praise God for the rain. Let's get into uh, this Insurgents podcast. All right. Thank you, Denzel. Today, we're going to go to the next reference to the kingdom of God in the book of Matthew that we have not yet explored. And this one comes from Matthew 4. I'll begin reading at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And I'm reading from the New King James. We also have the phrase proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom in verse 23 in the English Standard Version. And then in the New Living Translation, we have announcing the good news about the kingdom. But he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness Hmm. and all kinds of disease among the people. Verse 24, then his fame went throughout all Syria. Wow, Mm. went up to Syria. (laughs) And they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. So demon-possessed, epileptic, and paralyzed. Mm. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. All right. Wow. So that's the next reference to the kingdom in the Gospel of Matthew that we have not yet explored. Jesus is moving. Yes, he is. He's traveling. And this is the nature of the apostolic ministry. Mm. It is a traveling ministry. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Hebrews, Jesus is called an apostle. Amen. He's apostolic. And I guess we can say he really is the first apostle. We have prophets before him, but now he is truly the model, example, and the first embodiment of the apostolic ministry. And synagogues were the spaces that were open doors for him to preach and teach. These were the meeting places in the first century of the Jewish people. And the content of the message, his message was the gospel of the kingdom. The New American Standard Bible also translates it that way. Some translations say good news of the kingdom, but it's the same thing. Gospel means good news. But there was action that went along with the message, right? Amen. Every kind of human suffering Jesus brought 
his healing power too. Mm. And it's interesting when you look at this carefully because there are three kinds of illness. You have demon possession, that's Mm -hmm. spiritual sickness. You have epilepsy, that's psychological sickness. Mm. And then you have those who are paralyzed, that's physical sickness. So you've got spiritual sickness, psychological sickness, physical sickness. All three dimensions, the spiritual, psychological, and physical. Jesus of Nazareth brought healing and deliverance to all three conditions. And then the news of his healing power, alleviating human suffering, spread far and wide. Over to you, Denzel. Wow. You know, we we always see and say that ministry of Christ is, is revelation of Christ. And I don't know how many of you all caught that or got that, but just a couple of minutes ago, when Frankie V enlightened, the Lord just used him, I never, I've read it, (laughs) read it hundreds of times in the book of Hebrews, calling Christ, Jesus Christ, the apostle of our faith, but connecting it as him being the first apostle and then with this text here in Matthew 4, 23 through 25, where he's a traveling preacher, itinerant, whatever you want to call that, I never connected it with that. And so he's the, the first apostle. So I just personally just had another revelation of a, mm-hmm. of a side of Christ. And it's tasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's delicious of him being that. And you know, I always looked at him, and he is you know, a pioneer because he went before us to, to prepare the way for us back to the heart of the Father, but, but the apostle. Then, then secondly, to piggyback from what Frankie V just, just brought out, is uh, I thought about what came in my mind was 1 Thessalonians 5.23, how he sanctifies us, spirit, soul, and body. Mm. And so how the Holy Spirit put it in that order, spirit, first and soul, then body. And then when he comes with this healing, with preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he starts out what spirit, soul, and body. He's, he's sanctifying. He's showing even in his in word and deed, I sanctify you spirit, soul, and body. Mm. You know, complete, holistic uh, mm. transformation and healing. What a Christ. I mean, I wasn't expecting this right here, but what a Christ. And I love that. And so he's proclaiming it and he's demonstrating it. Hallelujah. The holistic healing that we get spiritually in our soul and our body. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I'm just going to stop right there and tag it to you, bro. All right. You're going to tag me yeah. uh, and I'll come into the ring now? Yes, yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, seen professional into the battle. Wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah. If we look at Jesus, he's traveling, he's on the road, he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And that gospel has community forming properties. What apostles do is they raise up kingdom communities. Amen. And the first kingdom community that ever existed was made up of those 12 men who traveled with Jesus. They were a mobile community Mm. and from five to seven women. All right. So we're talking about around 20 people. So that was the first community. It was the embryonic expression of the ecclesia. Amen. And it had various features to it. One, Jesus was king. Yes. They submitted to him. Yes. Two, they lived communally. They shared their lives together. Yes. Another one was it was informal. 
Yeah. They did not have religious rituals. Amen, somebody. Another one was they were outside of organized, established religion. In fact, the heat that they caught was from the religious establishment. That was where the hostility came from. And it was eventually what put Jesus and his apostles, the men to whom he passed the baton on. Mm. (laughs) And what did they do? They went throughout Palestine, beginning in Jerusalem, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and raising up kingdom communities. Amen. The same thing that Jesus did. Amen. And it looked an awful lot like those 12 men and those five to seven women that were enthroning Jesus of Nazareth physically. Well, now he was ascended and he was in the spirit, but it was the same Jesus and they were submitting to the same person, right? And then the passage moved from the 12 to some other men in Jerusalem, people like Silas, Mm -hmm. people like Barnabas, Mm -hmm. and then this Pharisee (laughs) named Saul of Tarsus, whom the Lord grabbed by the throat, metaphorically. And what did he do? What did they do? They went throughout the Gentile world, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and raising up kingdom communities, founding kingdom communities, which looked an awful lot like Jesus with those 12 men and those five to seven women. That's the apostolic ministry right there. It's traveling and raising up Mm. kingdom communities. Now, there is a complementary passage to what we just read in Matthew 4. It's in Matthew 9, verse 35, and I'll read it. Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching, here it is again, the good news, or the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Now, it's important to notice, this passage does not say he healed every person. Hmm. It says he healed every disease Hmm. and every sickness among the people. That's important because there are texts in the gospels where it clearly says that Jesus healed many, Mm -hmm. but many is not all. Amen. And I think that's important because sometimes Christians who are listening to certain teachers will think that something's wrong with them if God does not heal them. Hmm. And that's just not the case. Amen. So we see here that his Galilean ministry expands to Gentile foreign lands. We have the mention of Syria. And I think this prefigures the apostolic ministry to the Gentiles that we see later in, for example, Paul of Tarsus. Matthew 24, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world Mm -hmm. for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then, of course, in what many call the Great Commission, Matthew 29, verse 19, and the original Greek does not say go. It Mm -hmm. says, as you are going, As you were going, make disciples of all nations, Mm -hmm. right? Mark 1, 27. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching and with authority? He, meaning Jesus, gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And then verse 28, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. So you said it. 
Denzel, Jesus preached, he proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom, but then he demonstrated it. But how did he demonstrate it? By delivering humans from satanic bondage. Like we said in the last episode, it was not to destroy human authority, political authority. It was not to take down the system. It was to destroy the satanic element. Yes. Working within those systems as it affected human beings. And so what we are seeing in this passage, in the other one I read out of Matthew 9, is that God's power, which belongs to the age to come, Mm -hmm. it belongs to the future kingdom where there's not going to be any sickness or suffering or oppression or possession (laughs) of evil spirits. God's power, which belongs to the heavens, the kingdom the age to come has invaded the present Present. in Jesus to deliver humans from the works of the devil. And casting out demons is certainly a work of the kingdom of God. Now, in our time, I don't agree with many progressive people who say that, well, this business about people being demonized in the Bible the ancients didn't understand mental illness and that's what this was about well if you look at it carefully he clearly separates epilepsy (laughs) from demon possession they are not the same for people who are interested in the spiritual dynamic the spiritual warfare part Mm -hmm. there are a couple episodes on this podcast one of them is i believe it's entitled demon possession and mental illness That's one episode that people may want to go back and listen to. And then there's another one. Actually, there's three that I did with Michael Heiser where we talk about spiritual warfare. First Satan, then demons, then principalities and powers. And by the way, those are not interviews. (laughs) Uh, We're having conversation, Michael and I, just like Denzel and I and Nicholas and I and John Nugent and I and Brian and I. Conversations. But... I believe in one of those episodes, the one on demons, I give a first-hand account of a exorcism deliverance that I myself was participating in. So these things are very real. (laughs) Um, Even here in the 21st century. Denzel, what say you? Wow. I guess I'll pick up on the last thought that I had. I literally had four or five points it came in my heart, but, but that last part, because where you were explaining, detailing out, you know, the spiritual warfare and how Jesus is, you know, spiritually casting demons out of people, healing people, epilepsy, psychologically, and then physical ailments, paralyzed. But I really like the point, and I really want to just say it again to bring out, because you point out how he didn't come to destroy the world system, if you will, or the human government, but the satanic element in it. For this reason was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of of Satan. It was word and deed. What came into my mind was in in Ephesians 3 and 10 and 11 with us as the ecclesia, where he he says that in order that now to the rulers and authorities and the heavenlies, Mm. the multifarious, that that he's showing the multifarious wisdom of God might be made known through the ecclesia according to the eternal purpose which he made in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, going back to God's original uh, intention with Mm -hmm. a humanity to have a corporate 
humanity mm. who would rule and reign in the earth under his authority. Yes. Vice regent and be that visible manifestation of the invisible God, which is Jesus. You know, he, he is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Yes. Amen. And so his body would be the same thing. Again, I'm back at that, the first apostle, and they traveled. One of these versions here I have says, and Jesus went about in all of Galilee, mm. teaching in their synagogue. So he has not only a place to go, but he's got to know that there's going to be a confrontation and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing diseases and sicknesses among the people. But I love verse 24, and I'll be a little <laughs> bit Denzel here. You know, Jesus didn't have a Twitter account. Or Facebook, That's right. but all news spread out. Yes, you know this is my perspective. I'm not saying that the Lord gave me this, but this is just you know Denzel, if you will, preaching, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom in word and deed. You're not going to have to go look for doors to open. It's going to come to you. It's going to come at you because you're confronting this world system, and then people are hurting. People are hurting. Where I minister at the context is in the city of Philadelphia, uh, which is one of the, uh, it's the seventh or eighth largest city in our country and has the highest poverty rate. Mm. It's over 30%. There's crime, there's violence, corruption, all these things going on. And this is why one of my heart's passions is reclaiming the proclamation of the kingdom of God. He's proclaiming, he's traveling, he's moving. And what I also thought when you're bringing out that it was a traveling ministry, he's setting up communities. At the same time, he's training the men and women that yes. are with him. He's developing them, he's training them, he's imparting to them. It's like an apprenticeship. Yes. They walk, they're living with him. They got to sleep with God. They had to eat meals mm. with God. They, they got to see everything, you know, uh, with that. And then when they are assigned, their assignment, they do the same thing. They open their lives up right. to other people. They live in those communities. I mean, Paul lived and worked amongst the people in Corinth. He, he worked and lived among the people. He was, he was accessible to the people and he was there for them and, and they trained he trained timothy he trained titus he did all that and then they began to travel and then so that takes me back to like i believe it's matthew 16 where where jesus says upon this rock i will build my ecclesia mm -hmm. and the gates of hell will not prevail mm -hmm. and i always looked at a gate as being a stationary object so then the ecclesia is like this mobile for, to put it in human terms, SWAT team that's going knocking down the doors and snatching out the prisoners, those that are held in bondage that were uh, designated, chosen before the foundation of the world by the Father. When they hear that message, you know, there, there'll be that appointed time where he draws them to him by his spirit. And, and, and then especially, and I touch and agree with Brother Frankie V to the 20 and 30 and 40 year olds so that, you know, they can be trained and equipped to carry this message going forward. This is what we were called into, and, and this is my burden and my, my heart's passion, but just seeing this in, in this kingdom, and again, like we said in a previous episode, it's the vision, it's bringing the future into the present. I'll, I'll stop there and tag you, brother. Tag me. While I'm doing this, could you find the passage in Hebrews that calls him an apostle. Sure. 
I like that you mentioned apostolic workers training those called to that work. Obviously, not everyone is called to be an apostolic worker. Mm. It's a death sentence. If you Mm. read carefully 2 Corinthians, you find that it is not something you would want to covet. But if God has called you to it, the prerequisites following the calling are to be trained in a local community. The 12 apostles lived in that embryonic expression of the body of Christ with Jesus for three and a half years. That was their training. He trained them in the context of that community, and then he sent them out. And then when they raised up the ecclesia in Jerusalem, beginning at the day of Pentecost with the Spirit descending, they trained, unwittingly trained, people like Stephen, who unfortunately his life was cut short, Silas and Barnabas. And they all were called to the apostolic ministry. We see this very clearly in the book of Acts, and they're actually called apostolic in the New Testament. And then you have Paul of Tarsus, who is also called after he's converted. He lives in community. He has body life, community life in Antioch of Syria for a number of years, and he basically is an apprentice to Barnabas. And then they are sent out. Paul and Barnabas. Apostle means one who is sent, and they begin to raise up kingdom communities in the Gentile world. And then when Paul is older and he gets to Ephesus, he duplicates what Jesus did in Galilee, wherein he trained 12 men to the apostolic work. Amen. Paul, and you mentioned some of the people, Timothy, Titus, you had Aristarchus, you had Secundus, you had Sopater. He trains a number of men in Ephesus and then they are sent out and those churches that were raised up in Asia Minor we see them listed in Revelation 2 and 3 they were raised up by Paul's apprentices Amen. to the apostolic work Amen. you know these things are so critical and they're yes. right there in the story when you learn to read the New Testament as a narrative but they've been lost to us Unfortunately, just like the gospel of the kingdom has been. But it's Hebrews 3, verse 1. If you, wanna, if you want to fact check Amen. us, Amen. where Jesus is called an apostle, yes. <laughs> Hebrews 3, verse 1. He says, Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest mm. of our confession, mm. Jesus. Mm. You know, he's the apostle. Yes. And the high priest, he's giving us a, a two of uh, those pieces. And for me, he's like the apostle. He sent. Yes. And he says in John 20, I believe. All over the place. That, I, the that father as the me. Father sent me, I send and you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why it says there. And today, I got the revelation of that. And I've read that so many times. And I, I never thought about it. But the Father sends Christ. And then, you know, he says there that we could be partakers. Mm. Of his heavenly nature, yes. of his life. This is why he sent them. It's, it's just so basic there. But yes, if you want the fact check, that's Hebrews <laughs> 3, verse 1. All right. Yes. Well, Amen. that's good. We just got spared a lot of hate mail on that doing that. When we look at this passage in Matthew 4, I think it's interesting because it's a, it's a beginning point. Jesus has just been tested and tempted in the wilderness. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when you get to this passage, verse 23, you have 
his ministry of preaching, of teaching, and of healing. And those are the elements that you have in the ministry of Jesus, but are enunciated in verse 23. He's Mm. teaching, he's preaching, he's healing. I would put healing slash delivering. So healing and deliverance go together. And those are the three ingredients that we have in his ministry. And so this last passage in chapter 4, all the way through to chapter 9, at least, and then beyond, it's as if Matthew is saying, here is Jesus of Nazareth. Mm. Look at him. This is what he does. And of course, Matthew 5 to 7, which we're going to look at various parts of, is all about his message of how the kingdom of God operates and what life in the kingdom looks like. But we are beholding the power of the age to come here in this passage. And the kingdom of God, even today, it does not come in word only. Amen. It comes with power. There is a demonstration. Now, that demonstration is not always miraculous. I've said this before in past episodes on the Crisis All podcast, but when we say something is miraculous, we mean there is a suspending of natural laws, right? Let's say that you have cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. right? You can't walk. Someone prays for you, and immediately your whole body straightens, Mm. and you get out of your wheelchair, and now you can walk. That's miraculous. Amen. Suspension of natural law we have just witnessed. But God's power is always supernatural, even if it's not miraculous. If I preach the gospel of the kingdom at a conference and someone is listening and the Holy Spirit opens their eyes and their heart and they receive the Lord, they repent and believe, and they're baptized, mm. and they're reborn, born from above, that's supernatural. Amen. But it's not miraculous. Amen. There was no suspending of natural law. And so anytime God's people are seeking to alleviate human suffering, whether the healing comes by natural means or supernatural means or miraculous means, these are still signs of the coming kingdom because yes. in the coming kingdom, There is no demon possession. Amen. There is no sickness. Amen. There is no psychological illness. What we see here is enormous attraction to Jesus and his ministry by the common people. Mm. But during this time, it was only to Israel. But the word spread to the Gentile areas, and we will see later that Jesus did make some exceptions. Even yes. though he was called to the lost house of Israel, mm. he did share his message himself and even his healing power with some Gentiles. So just to review, the kingdom includes the king, the person of Jesus. It includes the king's will or his dominion, that is his rulership. And it includes the king's society, the community of the king, the ecclesia. Those are the three dimensions of the kingdom that I sketch out in the book Insurgents. But I wanted to review that because, again, we're looking at every reference to the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And there are 85 distinguishable references in the Synoptic Gospels 
of the kingdom of God mentioned, and then three in the Gospel of John, totaling <laughs> 88 references to the kingdom in the Gospels. And that's what we're doing in these episodes. And yes. I think it's great fun, as well as enlightening to see the big picture. Yes. Every time you see the kingdom mentioned, yeah. let's drill down. Let's, let's look at it. it. Let's expand yeah. it. Let's understand it. Yeah. And you put it all together and you yeah. see this beautiful picture of the king, his rule, mm. and his community. Yes. You know, we were talking about how he trained and mentored these men. He called them. Yes. He says, come, follow me. Then he begins to share with them. They hear the message. They see the demonstration. And they see his life. And, and he begins training them. So he's like doing all these things mm. and proclaiming the kingdom. And then we see later on in the book of Acts, we see that being done, continuing. And you get into that in other books. That stopped. And in fact, the first book that I ever read of yours was Pagan Christianity, really, for me, like, sewed that out. One of my uh, burdens are, if you will, uh, motivations for wanting to be a part of the Insurgents podcast and, and being an insurgent is, is wanting to see the restoration, and, and it already is happening, of the proclamation of this gospel of the kingdom of God and understanding that I need to be mentored and taught and trained in it. So, you know, by God's grace, I get those things from being a part of the Deeper Christian Life Network. It's not a shameless plug. It's the truth. It's the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, get those things and be able to be a part of a virtual community in reading comments and listening to messages, but then hearing the input that other brothers and sisters in Christ mm-hmm. are sharing Christ and then taking those things and, and trying to share it with others. So it's like I'm being mentored, I'm being apprenticed, but at the same time, I'm also apprenticing and mentoring others. Mm-hmm. And, and all these things, you know, coming together. This is a beautiful life in the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. Well, we'll leave it there, and we will see you in the next episode. God bless. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.